0: Hey mamas, thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to have you as part of the Momversation. My name is Dana and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Shay, Christine, Kayla, and Sam. On today's episode, we will be covering the very hot topic of sleep and lactation. We know you all have a ton of questions, so we'll get right into them right after we introduce today's experts. We've got Rachel Fiorello with The Cradle Coach. Hi, thanks so much for being here. thanks for having me. And Lauren Elise with Lactation and Lullabies. We're so happy to have you and we can't wait to jump right in and hear what everybody's take on things is. So we're happy to have you joining us because we know you wouldn't want to miss this Mom's Night In. Rachel, a little bit about how you got started into sleep and a little bit about what you do.
1: So I work for the Cradle Coach. We are a baby and toddler sleep consulting company. Um, We work with infants all the way up to toddlers, children through the age of four. Um, I got started when my oldest daughter was like three months old. I just didn't know where to start. Like she was a great sleeper, but like going to bed at 11 when we went to bed, right. you know, like, what do you do? <laughs> so I reached out to Melissa Perry, who owns the Cradle Coach, um, had a quick call with her, and overnight, not joking, my daughter was, like, done, like, we were done, like, she was good. So anyway, so um, not long after that, Melissa and I touch base, and um, I've been working for the Cradle Coach for about five and a half years now.
0: Wow, it's yeah. amazing, and uh, you're, you're a senior sleep consultant, right?
1: Yeah, so I actually run the company for Melissa, wow. so
0: I'm... Um, a COO, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, a senior sleep consultant. That's amazing. Okay, and Lauren, tell us a little bit about how you got into sleep. I actually saw, it, um, if I'm not mistaken, I saw the Cradle Coach logo somehow overlapping here. Yes, so
2: um, Lactation and Lullabies was born out of all my struggles. Lactation, sleep, my son gave us all the um, issues. So I Originally, being a nurse, working with postpartum moms, loved lactation and really wanted to like get into that. And that was like my passion. And so I got certified in that about two years ago. And then when I heard that the Cradle Coach was doing their um, academy, I'm like, oh, that's really cool too. So that was another thing we really struggled with. So it was kind of a marriage of the two. Perfect. So, it's yeah. amazing. I know um,
0: for me personally, I had all the sleep problems. Uh, Rachel knows this better than most. Uh, the guiding the light of my, of my salvation here. <laughs> my son was five months old and waking up at 2 a.m. and every 45 minutes after that. And it was just, it was so crazy, especially as a new mom with serious postpartum anxiety. I think it was, it was such a stressor that I couldn't get, I just, I was so exhausted and I was stressed and I just felt like I was failing in every way. And sleep is a huge, huge part of, of feeling, you know, you need sleep to run kind of thing. And, and maybe the babies don't need as much as we do, but we need sleep. Yeah. So, um, and like you said, it was two weeks and oh, still amazing, two and a half years later. So um, let's talk, let's kind of go around the table and has anyone else, uh, Shay?
2: So I think one of the biggest questions that a lot of new moms have when it comes to sleep is when should we expect our babies to start sleeping through the night? I know both my girls were different on when they started, and both of them eventually did, and thank God. But you know, it was a big difference between the two. So when should we expect that? So good question,
1: because there is a large misconception out there. There are many programs and many different um, companies that promise or guarantee, you know, this many hours by this many months or weeks or whatever. And while that's definitely possible, there. I hate when moms put expectations on such young babies, right? Like at the end of the day, a baby is, we will not work with a baby until they're four months old or 12 pounds. Um, So we know that we were just talking um, about the fourth trimester, right? So we need that baby to be able to have their sleep cycles fully developed, which happens um, closer to the age of four months. And I personally sleep train my girls at three and a half months. So somewhere in that three, four month period is kind of that sweet spot based on their weight right because if they're not gaining enough weight they're not eating well well we can't expect them to sleep well either Mm -hmm. so it kind of um there's no set rule and you really shouldn't look for you know you talk to your friends and what are your babies oh why is everyone's baby sleeping through the night and they're like two months old and mine isn't Will it come naturally at some point? Possibly, of course. But can we teach a baby sooner than it may come naturally? Yes. Um, So generally speaking, when it comes to sleep training, you're looking at about four months or 12 pounds.
3: And does that include
1: adjusted four months? Because mine were three months early, so. It's the adjusted Good question. That's a really good question. Yeah. So um, when it comes to an adjusted age, I like to take a look at what else is going on, right? Have they hit developmental milestones on time? Have they um, have they gained enough weight? Are they at an, a weight that's appropriate enough to sleep train? So we will account for an adjusted age depending on how early they were. That is a question we ask on um, you know our intake form that we provide our clients with. And um, definitely take that into account. So if we have an older baby by birth, but a younger, you know, in terms of adjusted Age, we will account for that baby being younger when we go to sleep training. I
3: have a question. A lot of I, my third didn't sleep through the night for eight months. He was born early, it was really a really pretty rough eight months. Yeah. But the pediatrician told me just let him cry, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's, like, yeah. it's hard for a mom to do. Yeah, and I, right? think, I think
0: and I think that, you know, it's a great point, Mandy, because I think there's a huge misconception about cry it out and that yeah. people think that just like, if you just let him cry for six hours, he'll be fine. But there's, what I learned with Rachel was that you really, in order to, if you're ever going to utilize cry it out, there has to be several puzzle pieces in place. First, before that, well, you could let them cry for 12 hours. If they haven't eaten enough, if they haven't done all the things that need to lead up to a good sleep, then you're, it doesn't matter how much they cry. Unless right. it's out of pure exhaustion, they're gonna go to bed starving and unhappy and they're gonna be up in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, it's not just about, people think that it's just about, we'll cry it out, like eventually they'll stop. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's, a, there's a, an equation that goes before that, I think, that that's really important. Yeah,
3: I mean, I know I couldn't do it. Yeah. And, and no, it's interesting, I
1: was just having this conversation with someone the other day where we were talking about pediatricians, and a lot of them are not trained on how to teach your baby to sleep. It's very interesting. Um, and I think one of my um, coworkers was talking to their pediatrician and realized, like, the pediatrician actually asked her well, how do you get babies to sleep? And we were like, oh. And it's funny because a lot of times when you do ask your pediatrician, well, how do I get my baby to sleep? They'll tell you, let them cry. Because that absolutely is an option. But that is where full on cry it out comes in. And there is a huge misconception when it comes to sleep training because sleep training does not mean cry it out. Mm -hmm. And what does cry it out mean? Cry it out means you, like Dana said, you literally put your baby down in their crib, and you don't go back in until it's time to wake them up, or you know, offer a feeding, or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, but ultimately, you don't go back in at all. That is a full cry it out, and that's
2: not what we do in terms of sleep training. So I'm one that will not do the cry it out because my house is tiny, and she's over here, and we're like two steps away, and I don't want to listen to that.
4: Yeah.
2: However, my daughter, um, as everybody knows, does not nap um so i got all these moms who kids nap two three hours and mine's up for two three hours is it too late to put her on a nap schedule how old is she 15 months it is
1: not too late <laughs> so actually i've worked with clients um who i just had a client i don't know months ago who had a five-year-old son and he had never been sleep trained and with by the end of the week that we were working together he was like a different child. Yeah. So it is never too late. Is it going to be as easy as a four-month-old baby? Well, of course not, because a four-month-old baby can't communicate with you and can't like do all these things that are like you know, oh, they're calling mama, you know. Um, so yeah, it'll absolutely happen. It's a matter of when, and you can go so gently with it. And that's what we're saying. You know, the difference between you cry it out, and there are so many sleep training methods out there, and you have to choose one that you feel comfortable with, because if you, at the end of the day. If you are not comfortable, it is not going to work, right? right. The only way sleep training is going to work is if we as the parent can do it, right? And follow and, through with it. So
0: it's, that's such a good point because I am, Rachel knows, I am the number one proponent of sleep training. I think it's the most God-given gift to like the world. I think it's amazing and I live by it in my world. But I, I, when, when initially we were talking about it, Rachel says to me, well, you really should try to stay home like while you're sleep training. I was like, that sounds like all of my nightmares. <laughs> like trying, <clears throat> being even more isolated and not able to leave the house and see sunshine for two weeks, sounds legitimately like all of the worst things in my world. And so <clears throat> we'll talking about the right way versus the right way for you. I adapted what, what she had told me all about the sleep cues, all about the things that I had learned I created that outside the home. I put a dark I got a dark swaddle for my stroller. I got an app that does white noise. I got his the, the sleep things that he was cuddling with inside the stroller. I created those sleep cues inside of of what worked for me. And I think that to say that it's not really this finite right or wrong like most things that we've talked about, but that you you can make it work for you. And if it doesn't if it's if, if it's not something you're comfortable with it's not, it's just not going to be successful because there's no way that I could have stuck to it if I had to stay home.
1: No, and I love that you said (laughs) that because I do, I recommend to my clients, like in order to teach your baby to sleep in their, to nap in their crib, well, if you're going out all day, no, they're not going to learn to nap. You know what I mean? So, so there is a recommendation that goes along with it. Does, I had a client that was in Orlando recently and she was like, listen, on the weekends, I'm telling you right now, like I'm not staying home. We hike, we travel, we kayak, we do this, we camp, we sleep in our car, whatever. And I was like, she's like, so can this work for me? Well, of course, we're going to teach your baby how to sleep in those environments. So right. exactly like you said, you create that environment wherever you are. And we're going to build this, you know, plan for your child based on you. what works for your life. And that's, nobody wants to be stuck inside their house all day. 100%. Um, personally speaking, I had a tragedy in my family last March. And I, since then, I mean, clearly my whole world has changed, but I now tell people like it is so important that you get out there and make those memories so at the end of the day throw the schedule out the window and if that's when your husband is off work or your family is in town or whatever then go out there and do what you have to do and like we will work around that and 100%. get your babies to sleep still yeah you know so yeah, I think and I
0: think that it goes back to our self-care conversation where we talked about that yes, it's important for baby to thrive and it's important for baby to do well, but at the end of the day, it's also important for you to do well, you know? Um, Sam, did you have something?
4: Yeah, actually, yeah sorry, I'm reading it. Um, it's from one of our, uh, the people in our group it says my four-month-old has a hard time with the last nap no of the day. Me. Do you want me
2: to say it? Yeah. Yes? <laughs> yes. Let's do day. it! So I know four months is like, yeah, they'll be all asleep right now anyway, because have that crazy regression that you talk about and all that. But my daughter's actually a really good sleeper. She wants to sleep for that cat nap, or 7, 30 whatever it may be. That's a great
1: question. How do I still get that cat nap in to keep that sleep going, but not make that her nighttime sleep unless it should be? I don't know. So, no, I, I wouldn't <laughs> make you, you know, have that be her bedtime if that's right. not the schedule you're looking for. So I would first ask what your schedule, the rest of her schedule looks like, because that's important to know. Is she getting, you know, are her feeding stretched out, spaced out appropriately enough to you know, to be on a good routine, yeah. um, are her other naps scheduled appropriately throughout the day to encourage her to still continue to nap at that final cat nap of the day? Um, and it's something that, just as we were just talking about, kind of getting off track a little bit, maybe that is the nap that she ends up sleeping in the car for if you're having to run errands or on the go, and so she's not encouraged to sleep her for the night yeah. right and not that i want that to be all the time of course we want her to sleep in her crib then too um but that's something to think about so making it a little
0: less comfortable yeah and yeah, yeah. uh,
1: <laughs> again not like a daily sure. thing but like something you can just kind of try until her body picks up on that habit at the same time though i think you missed at the start when i was saying um at four months that's when their sleep cycles are fully developed right. so at this point it kind of is like we do need to kind of work around what's happening Only, and try yeah. to teach her like a different way of, and teach her how to sleep at that time, yeah. um, a recommendation I'll give you oh. is that when you go to wake her from that nap, the cat nap, don't wake her i know that sounds weird like, like let the door. perfect yeah let her wake on her own because you're gonna see a different right like we take her slowly out of the sleep cycle as opposed to like oh my gosh where am i you know like what should happen um so that's something yeah but we can talk about you know your schedule um making it, that's the first thing that i would look at is like what else is going on
0: throughout the okay. day that's an interesting tip to like to you know turn off the white noise mm-hmm. maybe open a shade <laughs> yeah that, that's a cool tip because it's it's a very it's, it's a much more yeah, it's a yeah. much more <laughs> gradual. <laughs> Ring the doorbell. Yeah, it's a much more gradual <laughs> type of thing. Um,
3: tie in the lactation, though, what do you think about nursing to sleep? Because a lot of the moms tell me they're not getting sleep because the baby wants to be on the boob all night. Yeah. And I know that was a struggle for me with my first
2: two. Yeah, you have to kind of remove sleep from that equation. But if that's your ultimate goal, then I'm not here to tell you you can't do that. You know, But you also have to understand that it's probably your kid's going to wake up thinking, hey, wait, where did that thing go? I want it back, you know, so it's hard. Like if you're co-sleeping and your baby's in bed with you and you just kind of roll over and nurse and that's your thing, then that's beautiful and that's what your family wants to do. But if it's something that you're looking to stop, then you really kind of got to shift around the daytime schedule so the feed doesn't land right when they're sleepy. Do you think
3: breastfed babies need to nurse all night because maybe they're not no, it's not color. at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: and they can. I mean, there are exceptions to the rule, of course. You know, you have to look at their daytime calories, what they're doing, what their the days really set the tone for their nights too. So yeah. if they're not getting enough in the day, um, you got to just switch the timing versus switching. Yeah. Um, my second kid a breastfed for thirty hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we definitely want to like, separate that. Yeah. I kind, of, sorry,
4: sorry. <laughs> I kind of got played with that by my lovely daughter. At 11, months, <laughs> at 11 months, the pediatrician asked how she was sleeping. I was like, great, we only get up once a night at two because she's hungry. And the pediatrician was like, she's not hungry. Yeah. Was like, she's not hungry. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you, tell you
3: me this know, months that. ago. Me yeah. yeah. I thought he was yeah. starving. Yes. And, <laughs> okay. that, and, and
0: it's kind of an interesting thing. It was like, you know, my pediatrician told me, wake wake to feed every three worst mistake I ever made because he was sleeping. He was sleeping, he was sleeping, he was sleeping. And then I woke him up like every freaking two hours and that's the he started waking up so often. And I just couldn't get him to stop because I had trained him to wake up all night. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's interesting you say that because I
1: think there are so many like, right, you get all these, um, pointers, for lack of better advice. words, you get these like, these terms, right? like never wake a sleeping baby wake a sleeping baby and feed them this much don't you know you get like these little things Absolute. but they don't tell you what goes along with that right 100%. so of course you should wake a sleeping baby if not they are not dot 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 right. Right? right and so that's what's missing from that comment i had to wake my older daughter when she was an, a newborn we're talking about prior to the age of sleep training because she was like emaciated like right. i thought i was feeding her i had no idea what i was doing right. like talk about like right. i wish i had that lactation background because i was like oh, what do you mean she's underweight? <laughs> like, she's not eating. I thought she was doing great. No idea. And so, yes, of course, I had to wake her. But there, sure. once we were at a steady weight gain and everybody was doing well and we were like, okay, we've got this, then, you know, we let her sleep and, and kind of stopped that. This is also a
3: common, both of you guys' subject, where there's just, I have a lot of moms tell me, who do I listen to? That was was the absolute
2: biggest thing for me because my son had a tongue tie into like this lactation consultant did this, this provider said this. And I just wanted, I'm like, I'm so lost. I can't like see the forest from the trees. Like I can't figure out what to do. So that's why I wanted to, and I felt like doing sleep consulting with someone who, you know, in the back of my mind, I thought they're going to tell me to quit breastfeeding and I'm not ready for that. And I was like, not wanting to do that. So I think there's so many things that go along with it. But I see the the biggest thing is just for them to trust their mom gut. And for me, like I knew, and being a nurse, doing it for so many years knowing because I had a lactation consultant tell me um, you can't breastfeed him anymore after I did a consult with her she said don't you can't breastfeed him anymore he has a tie and you can't breastfeed him because he's not getting enough weight yeah and I was don't trying, have a picture or anything right I was crying all right. and I'm like no I want not breastfeed him she's like no you can't do that anymore yeah and Cause she said, cause he didn't get enough feed. We did a weighted feed. And- me too. She I did said- the Same thing happened yeah. to me. She said he didn't get enough. I wonder if it's, it's the same one. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually,
0: it was the pediatric, it was the lactation consultant working for the pediatrician and they, no. they didn't even wait until <laughs> the, after the evaluation, she read my chart and said, you didn't tell me some information. You've been keeping a secret from me, huh? And I was like, what do you mean? she was like, you had a breast reduction and you didn't tell me. I was like okay, I had a breast reduction. And she and I was like, I don't understand why that's important. She goes, well, you should probably just give up now. And so, and so, because this is probably never going to work for you. And so I think that there's so many absolutes, like you were talking about, that, that feel so final and, and, and it can feel so overwhelming. And this pervades to a lot of the topics that we've talked about where it's, there's no right or wrong, just the right way for you. Christine, I think you had
5: something. I did, I was just curious, and I don't know if you guys covered this, but what is your take on white noise machines? Because my little guy for the first, well, he was colicky for the first three months, that was a nightmare. But then at 10 months, he still hadn't slept through the night, except for one time. So I finally ended up like buying a, a nice white noise machine and I use it daily. And literally the first night I used it, we were actually on a vacation. I said, oh, it's gonna be too noisy where we're going. Like, let's try this and see ever since then, like, we've had nights that he does sleep through, which is fabulous. And so then I don't know at what point are you able to eventually take that away? Will they start to sleep better? (laughs) Or does it become really a crutch that you end up continually using for X amount of time? That's a good question.
1: Uh, So there is no, like, I get that a lot. People are like, well, I'm using a white noise machine and it's not working. Well, white noise is not going to sleep during your baby, right? (laughs) so, So just because there's a white noise machine does not mean that all of a sudden all your your you know, prayers are answered and now you have a sleeping baby. It's all the things that go along with it. And the reason we recommend a white noise machine is because it does. It drowns out some of that background noise from around the house, the dog barking, the floors creaking, the door shutting, whatever's going on, um, but also acts as a sleep cue for your baby. And so one of the most important things when it comes to sleep training is that you're putting your baby down when they're awake. So they learn to put themselves to sleep on their own. So if and when they wake in the middle of the night, which we all do they put themselves back to sleep just like we do, right? So when they wake and they hear that white noise still running, that's almost like a cue for them. Like, okay, still here, still dark, sound's still going, let's go back to sleep kind of thing. That's really the major concept behind it. I get asked all the time, when should I stop using it? I don't want them to rely on this. And it's not really something that's a bad crutch or like this negative thing. If for whatever reason you decide one day that you don't want to use it anymore, your child's like, I don't like this sound, slowly start to decrease the volume, until they get used to no longer sleeping with it, you know? And, and that's okay. It's up to you, whatever you choose to do. I mean, I'm, um, I'm
0: 33, and I sleep
5: I'm with music 30. on, yeah, so... so <laughs> <laughs> say
2: my well, I just know these habits. Like, have, like, my
5: niece has, has um, to have the TV on, you know show, what I mean? Because somebody. her mom always had, you know, my <laughs> sister-in-law has to have the TV on, one of those things, you know? Yeah. So if you came and I said, well, what if I want to get rid of this one day? Like, you know, I don't mind it, but yeah. it's one of those You're things. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then it's like, now we. it's weird, because you will have nights he sleeps through, and then, like, another, you know, the next night he's up for two hours, and then the next night he'll sleep through the night. The next night you but, I, it. but I think that goes back to what
0: Rachel's saying about you know the white noise alone and kind of like what we were saying at the beginning of the conversation that I don't think there's a, a a cry it out or white noise or whatever it is. I don't think that there's like an like a one fix. I think it's more of an overall environment that you there's a lot of different steps. For me it was feeding. You know Caden wasn't getting enough of of food. He wasn't getting enough sustenance during the day because we were going to too many solids, or whatever the case was, it was just, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into that equation. And um, Sam, did you have something to add?
4: Mine kind of was back to patients. I had not a wonderful experience in the hospital. I always say, the lady like, just kept telling me to put cabbage on my boobs, but I don't know <laughs> why. She kind of tried up your breast
3: milk. I right, so say she I don't know why. I don't know why.
4: Especially all as a noob. New... Yeah. All yeah. yeah. all I know is she had really bad breath, and <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. couldn't. I couldn't. You I could couldn't breath. Breath. <laughs> yeah. And then y'all me for giving a pass of heart. But then, so, I started pumping, and then I was like, oh, here I am, mommy roar, whatever, and me and <laughs> my kid, and then I went to the pediatrician, and they said, you know, oh she's doing great, she's gaining weight. She's like, Will you please meet with the me lactation? Just just to see. And I was like very mad about it, but I said, Okay. And then I tell every new mom that I've ever met in my whole life about a nipple shield, because with a nipple shield I was able to breastfeed my daughter for thirteen months. Like I thought it was great and you know, it's it's so interesting, like if that's something you wanna do, like, you know, not everybody can do it, but Try, you know, like, see the options, try, and if it works, it does. If there's not, like, I'm a fed baby, happy baby girl. <laughs> right, and, and I think
0: that's, that, that goes a long way, too. I think there's a huge, just when we were talking about the pressure between Western and Eastern medicine, we were talking about that earlier, um, you know, I, I think that it's a huge, huge issue that there's this weight to go one way or the other. To go with a doctor, to go with a doula, to go with a midwife, to go with a, to go with a breastfed, to go with a formula fed, to go with sleep training, or to go with not sleep training, or to go with cry out, or to go with, with lactation. There's so many different choices that I think. Listen, it even goes into baby gear, which we'll talk about in another episode. Like you know there's so many choices and i think that um, once again i think this is becoming a theme um, you know right way for you and i think you know b- breastfeeding never happened for me it was su- and and sometimes i knew people who just hated it who just had no interest in doing it they just did, didn't like it i i wanted more than air to do it and couldn't i get i still get asked oh did you nurse Oh, Barbara, right. no, I didn't think like, so. Yeah. Yeah, why are you asking? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah.
1: no, I actually, I would Karen. like to touch on um, <laughs> just like throwing this out there because we're talking a lot about breastfed babies. There is no science that shows a breastfed baby is not capable of sleeping as well as a formula-fed right. baby. So I just want to throw that out there because there – it doesn't matter what your baby is eating as long as they are fed and right. full and satisfied and we can get them to sleep just the same.
2: And nobody tells you that component about feeding. Like you just automatically think your kid should be, you, they should like magically connect to you and start breastfeeding and like it's there's hard. no problems it's with hard. it, right? And your I kid, was so your, your, your I kid could I was, I magically no sleep through the night, right? Like they're just supposed to do these things and there's... But my kid was 12 months old before she started eating, like just downing food. And then she started sleeping through the night. I'm like, oh, so there's like a magic to this. Is there a thing? Like this is a thing. Your kid should be eating enough to actually sleep through the night. Like it doesn't just magically happen. And it's amazing that you know there's resources out there like you guys that can tell you yeah. these things. Right. <laughs> that's what I always tell new moms, too. I'm like, there's so much white noise there, like with all the all people, right? <laughs> <laughs> who by the way they don't really get training on like we discussed earlier sleep uh, schedules nutrition a lot of things that you put their trust in and you think that they know but just you really have to be careful but I always tell new moms the second you pee on a stick you get mom gut. just trust it like Mm -hmm. you really need to know what's right for you and your baby and I
3: encourage all of our moms to get a lactation consultant before the baby is here. That's right. <laughs> That's I mean, it. I wish, I wish, wish I would have done that. I yeah. took a breastfeeding
0: class that was Take magical. Get the
3: classes, get a lactation consultant. Such, good so you feel Such a good idea. Such a great idea. Yes. Or your, somebody your doula can refer, your midwife, or whoever the heck you're with, and and start, start it before the baby is actually here so that you can get a better understanding of what's going on. In yes. the midst of it,
2: you're in pain. Your hormones are crazy. Your baby's You think it's crying. supposed to work, and it's you not? think it's supposed to just
0: ease. Be easy, like this is, and, and then you feel like a failure if it doesn't. Because I know I struggle with that. I, you, you feel like this is supposed to work, and this it goes it goes even into a different, totally different conversation, but a fertility conversation. You know, like this is meant to work, right? It's meant to operate. Well, what if mine didn't? You know, and I think lactation is, you know. Uh, sleep a little bit but more lactation is there is this pressure that it should just automatically be and if it doesn't automatically work itself out that somehow something some way some way of you is broken and that and now in a, in a day and age where breastfeeding is such a big topic and such a big heavy hitter that you know, we've moved away as a society from formula-fed and we're, we have all this pressure now to be breastfed, which if you look at the last generation, what's crazy is that it was completely, the generation before us is going, why is that thing attached to your boot? Like, well, that, yeah, my that's crazy. Was
2: ta- my grandmother told me that her generation, it was formulas, expensive and you're considered wealthy if you're right. able to use it and my so she said that that was just a thing in society she did and actually I was nursing my son in a restaurant when he was about four months old with her she's like oh, the thing came off this you might get arrested if you you know yeah. oh my god <laughs> so I mean it's so different like the mentality and stuff these days and I think you know like Mandy was saying if you can just get the proper help early and often. I think that's so helpful. And if, I think, and there's another misconception too, like if you want to work with a lactation consultant, that doesn't mean end all be all. Like I have clients that I work with that want to give their babies bottles all throughout the night, but nurse throughout the day, like whatever the case may be, like I'm just want to help Option. them. Right. You know, it's not black and white. And um, I think that's a big yeah, thing. And, and, the and
3: hormones from delivery, it's very sad, we just did a study of women that are birthing in Palm Beach County are giving up on breastfeeding before they even leave the hospital. Wow. That's number one, and it's because that you the, you deliver the baby, you get that big hormone, adrenaline rush, the baby's whisked away, mm-hmm. and you never get all of that oxytocin. And the other thing that they're not telling you in the hospital, about these lovely epidurals that they're giving you is it delays the reflexes. And the rooting reflex is the number one reflex that you need along with the oxytocin and the milk production and all of that to be able to nurse successfully Mm. from that very It doesn't come in
0: right away. I think Lauren can speak to this. A lot of times it doesn't happen instantaneously. It takes a little while. In that first hour, they're
2: awake. And it's like that golden hour. If you can get them to nurse and do it and have the help and support, even that first hour, even if you just took a class that you have in your mind, you know that that's important. Mm-hmm. And you do it that first hour because then usually they sleep for the next, like, 24. Yeah. It was traumatic for them too. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and there's a, and there's
0: hybrids. There's definitely in between places where, like we talked about before, or in a, in a prior episode, you know, we, we've talked about how there's – there's not just one extreme or the other, there are plenty of people who do both,
3: who supplement, mom. who
0: nurse, who do it all, and and it, it, and it's whatever works for you. Um, unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, it has been such an amazing pleasure to have Rachel, you and Lauren, it's, it's been great to talk to you both. I know I'm 100% sure that this topic is going to arise again and more moms will be flooding <laughs> asking, please, my baby needs to sleep and I need to nurse. So um, I'm <laughs> sure that this is going to be uh, for sure another topic that we hit on and i can't wait to have you back for that experience um for everyone listening thank you so much for joining us we hope you've enjoyed this mom's night in